Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. You are listening to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore tckpod and on Twitter at tck underscore pod. You can find all of our rankings and multiple articles at tckpod.com. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. What up, TCK Potters? Welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. You're listening to another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, aka TCK Pod. This is episode 385. We are going through the final mock draft before the NFL draft, and we have my man Lucas Kaser back in the place. It's been a few weeks, feels like a few months. My man's is doing some stuff in the personal life, getting it done in the offseason. Of course, we support and appreciate that. But Lucas is in to give his final mock draft. For the NFL first round, you just heard a four-episode series with our good friend Jonathan Rifkind. You can find him on Twitter at his name, Jonathan, last name Rifkind, R-I-F-K-I-N-D. We broke down the quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends in four separate episodes. We followed up the tight end breakdown with his mock draft, but we discussed it in fantasy terms. Lucas is on now. We're going to talk about what the NFL first round might look like, and Lucas has an interesting approach to how he has set this up so if you haven't yet make sure to subscribe to the youtube channel right here give us a thumbs up and as we go along here make sure you jump in the comments and let us know if you agree or disagree with lucas's picks as we go through all 32 picks of the first round follow me on twitter at my name sky guasco s-k-y-g-u-a-s-c-o and of course give lucas a follow as well at his name lucas caser with the deuce lucas caser two, the number two back in the place lucas it's been a long time brother how you doing doing good i, I would have joined down with you and rifkin but i i admit that i don't watch film or i didn't scout at all or anything this year kind of in the dead zone of uh no sports i guess for me i don't really care to follow baseball or basketball or anything march madison stuff but not really into any of them as much as football um so just kind of finishing up school uh but really dove into the I guess accuracy side if you will of the mock draft I'm in a couple contests um where I'm predicting what's going to happen not what I think will happen or what should or blah 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 I'm just what I think will happen on a uh pick for pick basis um so I've really been dialing that in the last two weeks um finished it up today for the most part um and just texted you that I would get it out there just if people are curious on that sort of end rather than um, the scouting sort of input that Rifkin and you give um more the accuracy side if you will not that you guys are accurate but more the predictive side um for this mock so excited to dig into it yeah it's a great call and again uh jonathan and i broke down you know we skipped over i mean we only talked about maybe 15 16 players because we were specifically discussing our fantasy relevant picks in the first round of the nfl draft so we skipped over uh defensive players offensive linemen things like that we didn't discuss those really at all in our mock draft so it'll be important for you to mention some of those names as well because look if you play IDP leagues in fantasy, then you want to know about those defensive players. We don't worry about offensive linemen in fantasy, 
But here's the deal. We've seen year after year after year after year, if you don't have a good line and that quarterback is under pressure or that running back can't get anything done uh, or they're rushing plays, they're going to get beat up. Daniel Jones, right? Uh, Big Ben a couple years ago. Le'Veon Bell, when he went to the Jets, you and I were fading Le'Veon Bell before it was cool because we knew he wasn't going to do anything behind that offensive line. Sure enough, he got stuffed. Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, two of the best quarterbacks in the league, but they always lead the league in sacks because their offensive lines are in shambles. So it's important that we break down those big guys up front as well, especially with the younger quarterbacks, to see if they can get that proper protection to then feed the actual playmakers. So I'm excited about this, man. It's been a long time since you've been on. We've missed you here on the TCK, but uh, always part of the family, of course. And let's jump right into this, man. So again, I'm basically going to kind of turn you loose here, and we're going to go through your first – we're going to do – kind of eight grips of four picks in a row. So you're going to go through picks one through four. We'll discuss those. And then we'll go through picks five through eight, discuss those nine through 12, discuss those, etc. So I'll turn you loose here, man. Let's get into it. No surprises up at the top, but take me through picks one through four team player and why this team might pick this player one through four here. And then I'll give you my response. Here we go. Yeah, but I will give a disclaimer. I didn't put any trades. Uh, the contest, you just don't get extra points for giving trades. And it's it's hard enough to pick the player, let alone the player and the trade. So there's no trades at all. Um, so one and two is Lawrence to Jacksonville and the Jets taking Wilson. Um, they're about as locked in as can be. I think if you look at their odds on the, the picks, they're like 99.9%. Um, if you were to bet on it, you're saying that would be right 99.9% of the time and 98% for Wilson. Um, but at three, I guess the – debate I, I don't know I, I i take a stand back because I, like i said i don't look at the scattering stuff i look at who's going to get picked and by all notices mac jones seems to be the pick i will give one thing how people were kind of hyping up fields in that sense um there has never been a report that fields was in the contention for the pick and i kind of like was digging last week to kind of like really look through this and kind of start charting these out because i mean this pick is pretty pivotal to what happens the rest of the draft. I would say like if Lance or Fields is the pick here, a lot can change based off of the rest of the draft and Mac Jones, obviously the rest of the draft. So there really never was a report saying Fields is going to be the pick. So I kind of eliminated that, eliminated that out last week to bring down the Lance and Mac Jones. I ended up picking Mac Jones. It just sounds like that's the pick. Um, and I guess my stance would be in terms of why, because I know you're a little different. You're a Niners fan, which makes sense. But even like just Twitter in general, no one is good at scouting quarterbacks. And that's like a bold statement, but like if everyone was good, it wouldn't be hard to find a franchise quarterback, right? It wouldn't be, there wouldn't be a lot of Josh Rosen's, a lot of, I mean, even Baker Mayfield for the first two years, a lot of these quarterbacks that are kind of duds, if you will, or just not what they should be. Because if we were really that good at evaluating quarterbacks, we wouldn't have these things. So when it comes down to it, whatever Shanahan thinks is the pick that fits his scheme right away and will help the team, I think, is the best pick. And that's kind of really my only input. Um, so I don't really have a stance on Mac Jones. I just think he's the pick there. Uh, and for the Atlanta Falcons, I've taken Kyle Pitts. Um, this is the the Broncos trade-up spot, if you will, that was kind of hyped up all offseason or all draft offseason. And there's been reports that the, the uh, Broncos really haven't even tried to move up, and the Falcons are pretty dead set on taking Pitts, or if someone wants to come up and get Pitts, they'll move down. Um, so obviously no trades. I'm just going to keep Pitts here at four. And I I don't want to say this is pretty locked into the top four, but I think it's pretty locked in, um, at least for the last week or so. I think it's been pretty locked in. 
Fair enough. And I've talked the Mac Jones situation of the 49ers at nauseum on this podcast, on the Commish podcast, on other podcasts, the RDL show that I co-host with Ryan Leaf. I've talked about it constantly, but just to quickly get, you know, give a reply to your comment of Mac Jones, it does seem like the pick. It does seem the easy kind of like, you know, wash your hands of the top three and then start looking at Atlanta. Um, and yes, there haven't been a ton of reports that Fields is even in the ballpark. It's been basically Mac Jones or Trey Lance. But in my opinion, and I'm not Kyle Shanahan, uh, I'm not John Lynch, I'm not a professional scout. In my opinion, with my eyeballs, Justin Fields is, I think, the best all-around quarterback, and I do include Trevor Lawrence in that. Mm-hmm. I think he has the highest ceiling as well. And I think if Justin Fields goes to the 49ers with those weapons in that scheme, he can be the pocket presence passer with the big arm. And he can be, he can also make moves with his legs. And that just seems like a dynamic player you can't pass up. Mac Jones, yes, very cerebral. I appreciate the pre reads. I appreciate the pocket presence, the footwork, whatever. He doesn't have the mobility that I think is important. And here's the deal the NFC West is bar none. Easily, in my opinion, the best all-around division in football. Mm-hmm. Their defenses are improving. The defensive lines are improving. Um, the offenses need to score a lot of points, and we just don't need another game manager like we've had. <clears throat> excuse me, with Alex Smith for years, and then now with Jimmy Garoppolo for years. We don't need that again. As a 49er fan, I want to see a excitement, but B just someone who's able to do other things. We see how dynamic Russell Wilson is in the pocket and can scramble for a first down or a touchdown. We see how much Kyler Murray can do in the red zone with his legs, Russell or uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, Josh Allen, etc. So I don't hate Mac Jones. And if he ends up on the 49ers, I'm going to root for him, obviously. And I hope the kid does well. And I think he's going to be fine. Um, and this team is great anyway. So any quarterback that comes in, as long as they're not horrible, I think the 49ers overall will be fine. But I would like to see Justin Fields because, in my opinion, he's the number two quarterback. And I've said a couple of times I wouldn't be shocked. The football world would be. But I'm not going to be shocked if the Jets pick Justin Fields over Zach Wilson. And I know it's pretty much decided in the community that it's Zach Wilson. But in my opinion, Justin Fields is number two. The Jets go number number two at Justin Fields. Maybe they fall into Zach Wilson, and I haven't heard any reports of Zach Wilson in the 49ers, so I'm wondering if they're even doing a full scout on him. So very interesting at the top, obviously. And then, look, Kyle Pitts. I had originally – I had Trey Lance going to the Falcons just because, again, that precursor to um, having you know Matt Ryan and stuff. But I think Kyle Pitts now, the more and more we talk about it, they're probably not going to trade back. And I do think that Kyle Pitts would be just that, you know, the positional player, the most talented draft. You can't pass up a new GM, new head coach. Get this one right. Move on. Julio Jones taking trade offers could be out the door June 1st, could be out the door preseason at the trade deadline or at least next year. Either way, that is a huge hole. Obviously, they need to fill and uh, Kyle Pitts can can help do that in Atlanta. So I think you're not I think your top four are pretty st- uh, solid. I do disagree, obviously, with the 49ers, but I am I'm the minority on that one for sure. So yeah. I will I will wear that. All right, brother, let's get into five through eight here. So we have the Cincinnati Bengals, Miami Dolphins, Detroit Lions and Carolina Panthers five through eight. Yeah, but I think the fifth pick here is just about as locked in as well, just based off reports I'm seeing. Uh, Jamar Chase going to the Bengals. 
all the beat reporters for the Bengals, all the guys that are kind of like in the know of this have said it's Chase for about a week and a half. Obviously, the Julio news yesterday was like maybe they take Chase. And maybe I have a different process on it, but like if you're trading, if you're going to trade away Julio, replacing Chase does not help your team whatsoever when you're going to be getting day two capital at best for Julio based on just the current structure of contracts and his age. So I think it's Chase to the Bengals. I think the Falcons stick with Pitts. Not really worried about those picks. Um, so my, my top five have been locked in for the last about a week. And then this is where it kind of you have to kind of make a decision with um, trades and whatnot. Obviously, I'm not doing trades. I do think there's going to be a – I don't know. It's five too many trades. I, I didn't even look at, like, the past number. I think, like, four to five trades seems realistic. But honestly, like, a lot of the trades – I think people are going to be a lot of trades, a lot of trades up for quarterbacks. Like a lot of the trades always happen in the back half of the first round every single year. Like there really isn't a bunch at the top. And we always project like New England's going to move up. The Broncos are going to move up. All the balls going to move up. And like that never really happens. So I'm kind of taking more of a step back and just saying that I'm not even going to try and factor in any of that. Um, for this next pick, though, I have Jalen Waddle to the Dolphins. Um, we are recording this after the Eric Flowers trade details. And now Dolphins think, like, Eric Flowers um, was holding them back from Penny Sewell, I guess. Like, now they're, like, locked in to take Sewell because Eric Flowers was going to um, – playing guard, going to take the starting right tackle's role, I guess. Put two and two together, if you will, there. Um, that doesn't really make any sense to me. But to me, this really comes down to um, Brian B. Flo or Brian Flores is not in a landmine situation of he needs to save his job, but he's definitely in a – almost to saving job standpoint, um, meaning obviously they had 10 wins last year. All the Dolphins fans will say they're in a rebuild, but like, what does a rebuild mean? You had 10 wins. Obviously you didn't do your rebuild very good, right? Like if you're trying to lose games, you had 10 wins. I just think they go waddle because I think they look at it. They weren't losing because of a line last year. They were losing because of playmakers. You go get probably the best playmaker in this class that can punt return, kick return, uh, the little touch passes, the handoffs, the, he's just, I think he's probably the second best, um, all-around wide receiver in this class. Obviously, I like Bateman a little more, but I just think they go Waddle here um, because I people can say they get him in round two and round three, but, like, there's such a drop-off in this wide receiver class. As much as people say it's deep, it's it's not deep. Chase Chase and Waddle are by far and away two top-notch players that they're not going to get anywhere close to round two or three. So I have Waddle going there. Um, and I have seven. Detroit taking Justin Fields. Um, no trades, that being said. I think this would be the spot a trade would happen. If there's going to be something, New England, Denver, um, even the football team can move up. But I'm not even going to try and project what team wants who there. I just took fields here. I think it makes sense, but it also doesn't make sense, um, meaning that I think they're just going to take this pick, let Goff ride it out. They can cut Goff for pretty cheap. Um, I think about 10 mil to the dead cap next year, which people would say, why would they trade him just to cut him? But like, I don't really think they traded for him. I think they just got rid of Stafford and took on a contract. I think they'll take the 10 million hit if they have to, if they do have Justin Fields behind them. And I just think the value there, or that or the value, the the process behind the pick makes sense. Um, they could go X amount of different ways in the sense, but I, I do think if there's a trade, that would be the target spot because um, they could really use anything on their team. And Devontae Smith isn't going to help your receiving core in the next two years. Like, I mean, they have the worst receiving core in the league, but like adding Smith doesn't make them average. Like, they're still be pretty bad with Smith there. Um, so Fields to the Lions. The eight uh, Cardinals or Cardinals, the Panthers, I have Penny Sewell. I think this could go a uh, ton of different ways in terms of who they pick, but I do think it's O-line or corner. That being said, it could be Horn, Sertain, Sewell, or Slater. I just think Sewell because I think he's the best. 
uh, by far and away O-line in this class. I don't know. I, I mean, Slate is getting some buzz to go one, but, like, I, I don't know why. I guess, like, Sewell was, like, the consensus one or two pick the last two years, right, and all these mocks. Um, hypothetically, the Jets should have kept Darnold and just drafted Sewell a lot, personally, I think. But he's definitely the, the best O-line in this class, and I think the Panthers will take that to protect their um, investment in Sam Darnold for the next couple of years. It's good value for the Panthers, and Panay Sewell sat out 2020 um, due to COVID, opted out of the season, but you're right. He would have come out as a top pick last year as well. Um, a few disagreements, and obviously out, out of the top four, everybody's all over the place, so I do have a few disagreements, but I want to invite the live listeners here on YouTube, Periscope, and Facebook, get into our question of the day here, and if you'd like to uh, jump in the comment section. We will bring up some of your uh, favorite picks for your own team. Let us know who your team is. Who should your team pick in the first round of the NFL draft? I'm a 49er fan. Lucas is a Denver Bronco fan. <clears throat> Dweeze is a uh, Bears fan. And Bobby is a char- uh, Chargers. No, he lives in San Diego, but he is a Giants fan. So we're all over the map. But who should your team draft in the first round. Jump in our comment section here, wherever you're watching, and we will bring those up as y'all tune in. Lucas, let me reply to these, and then we'll move on to a couple more picks here. So at number, you know, with the Bengals, I I do think that Jamar Chase has certainly climbed up the boards uh, the last couple of weeks because we saw you and I were talking pre-show that Joe Burrow basically hand-selected T. Higgins as the first pick of the second round last year when it was open that Joe Burrow was a Bengal, they started going to him and say, hey, who do you want in the first pick of the second round? And after some of the wide receivers went off, he said, look, I want T. Higgins. Hand selected him. Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow connected for 20 touchdowns, 1,800 yards in LSU, and just absolutely dominant performance. So a lot of people are saying that Panay Sewell should be that pick there for the Bengals. I don't disagree with that. But if it's going to be a skill player, Jamar Chase over, let's say, obviously another receiver, but even over Kyle Pitts makes the most sense. So if the Bengals are going to go skill position, I do think it's Jamar Chase. For Miami, um, I had Jamar Chase kind of fall in there if they go with Panay Sewell, but either way, they're going to have a playmaker. Jalen Waddle seems to be the second wide receiver in NFL circles. Um, obviously, Devonta Smith winning the Heisman Trophy, but Jalen Waddle seems to be that guy. Interesting pick, though. Um, teamed up with Tua Tungabailoa, Alabama connection, which is great, but they just brought in Will Fuller as well. So they're going to have two huge speedsters plus Devontae Parker um, and Mike Kosicki over, over the middle uh, and Preston Williams if he can stay healthy. So if Tua can put it together, this could be a really dynamic offense, and we know how good their defense has gotten over the last couple of years. Justin Fields to the Lions. I mean, I just said I, I want him to go to the 49ers. I think he goes early, but I understand where you're at right there. And then Panay Sewell falling to the Panthers. Look, I think it's going to be Rashawn Slater because I don't think Panay Sewell lasts that long. Either way, though, uh, they are going to go probably big left tackle to solidify that offensive line, that offense, and help Sam Darnold. And if somehow Kyle Pitts falls that far, then I think a steal for Carolina would be Kyle Pitts to uh, include him into that offense, which already has a bunch of dynamic weapons with McCaffrey and those wide receivers. And I do believe in Sam Darnold. I've been saying it for a couple of years. I'm anti-Adam Gase. I do believe in Sam Darnold. I think he's going to be just fine in this offense when uh, Ted Bridgewater ends up going to New England or whoever the hell he goes to. Probably Denver, for your sake. 
Okay, All let's right. move on to those Denver Broncos here, man. We got number 9, 10, 11, and 12 picks. If you're just tuning in, once again, this is the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. We got my man Lucas Kaser here. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. Question of the day, who should your team pick in the first round of the NFL draft? We're going through each pick of the NFL draft and what Lucas would do as the GM of these teams. No trades included. This is face value. These teams included here. Jump in the comments if you'd like to be involved with the show. Number nine here, Denver Broncos. Number 10, Dallas Cowboys. 11, New York Giants. And 12, Philadelphia Eagles. Lucas, your Broncos are on the clock. What you got? Yeah, so if all breaks right, this would be the best pick ever, I guess. That this would be ama- amazing. <laughs> I, yeah, it's Trey Lance to the Broncos. I, the, and they the don't have to make the trade to do it. Yeah, the thing is, I think one of these quarterbacks will fall to nine. Like, I don't think that's like um, – like, I don't know how these trades are going to go, right? I've said that a couple of times, but like, if the Broncos don't get a quarterback, I seriously don't know what they need to take. And I'm not saying that from like our teams are very, like, we're like the greatest team ever, right? But like, we literally have a above average starter at every position except for quarterback. And there's not a second option to like move down and get a quarterback like there was with Drew Locke, like there was last year with Jordan Love. Like, there's, there is literally these four dudes, or sorry, uh, math, five dudes, and then like, you're waiting until next year. Like, that's how it is, right? And there's not a quarterback that we can trade the number nine pick for. Like, Teddy Bridgewater would be a fourth-round pick, probably third-round pick. So, like, they're in a really bad spot, but also a really good spot of this draft. And it's like, I don't really know what to do outside of Trey Lance. Obviously, Trey Lance fell here. Um, If he's gone, I could see him going Parsons or something just because they could use another linebacker in the rotation, but that's the pick there. Uh, Dallas here, I have a Sean Slater. I know that hasn't been mocked uh, across Twitter at all, but all the – the guys that rank at the top of all these contests, a lot of the sharper guys are been on podcasts this weekend. They said that like they think it's about 50-50, that it's O-line or corner. Um if if Dallas here's my here's and here's my process behind it. If Dallas was quick to pick CD Lamb over a defense last year, why wouldn't they be quick to pick two really good O-linemen over a corner again this year, right? Like the thing stay the process stays the same. It's why I don't think the Dolphins draft a running back in the first two rounds. They would have done it last year with Jonathan Taylor if they really wanted to. That being said, if it's 50-50, flip a coin, Slater, Sewell, Horn, Sertain. Either way, I think it helps the team protect your investment at quarterback they finally made. I think that's the right move here. Slater can play guard and tackle. Their O-line was banged up last year. Um, so I just think that's the pick. The Giants here have Jalen Phillips. Um, bold, I guess. I don't, the thing is, I don't know what the Giants are going for. I don't think they need a receiver personally in the first round. Their receiving court isn't the reason they're losing games. Their edge rush kind of is, in a sense. Like, it worked out last year just because their front seven or their front four is pretty good, so their edge kind of got the funnel tackles, if you will, and the funnel lack of pressure. I think if you add Phillips, um, outside of his concussions, um, a lot of people like Silva and other guys say if he didn't have the concussions last year, he'd be a top-ten pick in this draft. Um, I don't think uh, Dave Gettleman is going to use the concussions as, like, a I'm not going to draft him standpoint. I think Cody pays and play for this pick as well, but I do think Phillips has been getting more of the – the edge on him or Pay going first. I'm just going to go him here. And 12, I have the Eagles going Pat Sertain. Um, the, as, as bad as it is, like the these three picks, Dallas, the Giants, and the Eagles, all in the same division, the best division in the NFL, all 9, 10, 11 in picks, they're pretty interchangeable with like who goes where and kind of what they could do. I think the Eagles would go Sertain here just because I think that Waddle is probably their guy. And him not being available, I don't think they're going to reach hypothetically for Smith. And they really kind of only need corners. I think they just go Sertain here and pass on the the best 
passing the falling um, ADP, if you will, of Sertan coming down to 12. That being said, the Eagles have a long way to go for their uh, retool, if you will, but they set themselves up good, uh, acquiring two more picks for next year with the move down. They absolutely do, and I, I think that Patrick Sertan, they're moving. I think maybe the, Patrick Sertan seems to be the Cowboys pick at number 12 in most mocks, but if they do go with Rashawn Slater or somebody else, then Sertan falling to the Eagles is a nice pick. Uh, they do have, you know, Darius Slay, so they have a shutdown corner already, kind of hybrid safety. They get another one that would help tremendously with, obviously, the weapons, especially in Dallas. Um, the the Eagles need wide receivers bad, though. Uh, Deshaun Jackson's gone. Alshon Jeffrey's gone. We'll see what happens with Jalen Rager. I actually like Jalen Rager a lot. We'll see what happens. He was hyper-targeted with um, Jalen Hurts last year in limited work. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside hasn't quite panned out. So we'll see what happens there, but they have the pick of the litter if they want. Um, they had another first-round pick in Jalen Rager last year, but if – I mean, according to your mock so far, and correct me if I'm wrong, only Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle have gone off the board in your mock. I think Devontae mm-hmm. Smith is even still available. Yeah, so, I, think, I think Waddle might be a reach for me. Like, I, I think it's going to be very offensive heavy, but like O-line and quarterback – in the first couple of picks, obviously Pitts and Chase are locks for top 10, but like it really opens up at the Dallas pick, hypothetically at the Broncos pick too, if a team moves up for quarterback to where like all three of these teams are in, or even four are in great spots. Like the Eagles are in a fantastic spot to move down, to move up, mm-hmm. like to do whatever they want. I think they're going to utilize it. Um, Cause I think Peterson's kind of, he's finally seeing that light. Like, cause when he came in, he had all the bad contracts, the front loaded contracts. And this is the story of everyone says the Eagles are bad. AKA like Cowboys fans and stuff, but they beat him every year hypothetically like they they moved back still can get their number one player on the board in Waddle, who they're probably going to take at six add another first add a third i believe and then they're in a spot again to move back again if i mean i think farley's just as good as certain if they weren't really bad they can move back to like 20 if they wanted and get another pick on top of that so i think they're in a really good spot even the giants are at 11 and 12 too yeah i i i agree there i agree there Awesome, man. So you have, uh, and then Jalen Phillips, I think, is a nice, um, nice pick. First defender, correct, yep. off the board yep. for you. Okay, I'm just trying to keep track of all these. First defender off the board, great pass rusher. Again, the Giants need a handful of things too. They could go offensive line still. They could go another wide receiver, although they have plenty. They just brought in Kenny Galladay, of course. They're bringing Kyle Rudolph. Uh, they need a lot of defensive help, though. One of the worst defensive units in the NFL last year. Jalen Phillips will hopefully help them out there. Okay, Lucas, before we get uh, any further, we do uh, we start to have some comments coming in here. I'll get to those in just a second. Let's take a quick break, though. I'm going to kick you off, get some water really quick. Lucas, we'll bring you back in just a second. I'm going to give a shout-out to our friends at the Jersey Jungle. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've been paying attention to the show for any length of time, you know that we love the Jersey Jungle here at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. You can find them and DM them on Instagram is where they like to be hit up the Jersey Jungle to order. Use the promo code TCK to receive 10% off of one or two jerseys. Those of you that have jerseys in your backdrop like I do, I know a lot of you listening do have jerseys in your backdrop. I'm curious where you get those. If you get them from Fanatics or you get them from NFL.com, they're probably over $100, probably $120. The Jersey Jungle starts at $65 for NFL jerseys, and you use the promo code TCK to get 10 or 15% off of one to three jerseys 
on top of that. So those of you that collect jerseys like I do, you can look behind me. I've got the new Julio Jones jersey and the Larry Fitzgerald jerseys behind me. Two bona fide Hall of Famers, two of the best wide receivers of all time, both rocking the number 11 two of the best dudes in the game. And I was able to get these two jerseys plus another one that I'll break out another time. But I got a pack of three jerseys, 65 bucks a pop, 15% off of those though. So I basically paid less than what one jersey might cost on NFL.com. I got three jerseys and these are stitch and twill jerseys. These are not iron pressed on. They're clean, game authentic jerseys. You can see the Cardinal. Oh, sorry, my screen. See the Cardinal above fits over here. You have the backdrop and everything else. It's stitch and twill. It's nice. It's uh, They're sewn on numbers, logos, and names as well. So hit up the Jersey Jungle. You use the promo code TCK for 10% off of one or two jerseys, 15% off of three jerseys. DM the Jersey Jungle on Instagram at the Jersey Jungle. My man Trenton will take care of you. Tell him Sky sent you from the TCK pod. All right, let's bring Lucas back onto the stream here. If you're just joining us, we are discussing Lucas's mock draft, final mock draft for the NFL mock draft. This is round one. We're getting into... Uh, the rest of his picks here, we have the question of the day, which player should your team pick in the first round? I'm a 49er fan. I already said I want them to take Justin Fields. Lucas is a Broncos fan, and we didn't really cover the fan side of it, Lucas. Quickly, who do you want the Broncos to pick? I mean, Fields, if they move up, hypothetically, he could fall nine, I guess. I don't know. Fields or Lance, um, I guess – I like Lance more because I think I'm a little different in the fact that he doesn't need time to sit behind a quarterback. I think I got I mean, he had 28 touchdowns and zero interceptions in his last full year of college football. And like, I get that he plays like FC, FBS or FC, whatever F- the non C C S. Yeah. But like Zach Wilson played at BYU. Like what's the difference? You know, like I, I think it's like people just kind of make these arguments and kind of like nitpick stuff. Like the man can play. He's the fastest not from a 40-yard standpoint, but I think he's the best rushing quarterback in the league. The Broncos aren't going to have him go run read options and stuff by any means, but, like, we have a good O-line. We have playmakers. Our defense is probably top five in the NFL. Like, just put a quarterback in that can play and let him mess around. Like, that was kind of the standpoint with Locke. Like, just let someone go in there that's going to sling the ball, and he just sucked. Like, I mean, it just wasn't good. Like, it doesn't work out, right? And then no one's good at evaluating quarterbacks. So, I think, hypothetically, I want Lance, like, from the Broncos standpoint. I do like Fields. A little better, though. So really any quarterback. Um, I'm sorry, not Mac Jones. I'll, I'll let you have Mac Jones. Um, although I'll Mac pass. Jones probably wouldn't be bad for the Broncos, honestly. It'd probably get us give us a baseline of like a record. Of, like at least like an 8-8, eight 9-7 eight, and seven team, and you just kind of have to break right in a couple games. So quarterback. Uh, but like I said, after that, I really have no clue like what they would target if they don't get a quarterback. So we'll see. Going to need somebody to keep up with the Chiefs and the Chargers. So we'll see what the Broncos and the 49ers do. Okay, man, let's dive into 13 through 20. We'll get 13 through 16 first. Lucas, you're back on the clock here. Los Angeles Chargers at 13, Minnesota Vikings 14, New England Patriots 15, Arizona Cardinals at 16. Take it away, man. Yeah, so the Chargers here, I think, also are in a very good spot. I think there's a very good like gap, especially like if people are making mocks. Like You can kind of tell, like, say you made 10 mocks, then you – tried to change it up like your 12 through 16 even your 11 through 16 is probably completely different in every single box and like not because like it should be but like it is just based off this class the Chargers need really realistically one alignment 
uh, another edge rusher, you could say, maybe just an edge depth, and then they need cornerback, cornerback uh, three, maybe cornerback two. Ultimately, I have not going J.C. Horn in this draft. Um, I'm a little bit, like, lower, I guess, on them reaching for Darisaw, which has been mocked in a lot of drafts. Um, and I think Horn's the best corner in this class. So I'm going to go Horn here. Um, I also could play into the fact that their defense always seems to get hurt. I don't know what it is, so maybe they just draft. Yeah. Well, especially because- their secondary, their 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 cornerbacks and safeties go down every single year for the last like four or five years. You're right. So yeah, so I think they go him here. This could literally go Darasaw. This could go Quiddy Pay, Jalen Phillips. This could go a lot of news is saying they really want um, your boy Herbert really wants them to go up and get Sewell. I kind of played around with Makes that just like in a, a a mock, like not that I'm submitting just to like kind of see how to play out. And it, it does check up in that seven to eight range. They could definitely go out and do that. Um, so that being said, JC Horn there, the Vikings are another kind of question mark. Um, I haven't go on Quiddy pay here. I think it's just from a talent standpoint, you just take pay. They could go a lot of Vera Tucker hype, a lot of Darisaw. I, I think they're in play for Devontae Smith. If he's available, I think they're in play for a receiver, I guess, from that standpoint, wow. um, feelings 31, 32, I think, and he can't seem to stay healthy. And their third pass catcher is Irv Smith, which I think is really good. But, like, if he was really, really that good, it wouldn't be year three that we're talking about him, like, finally getting targets, right? He gets some last year or whatever, but I think that they need that C1 replacement, if you will, or just that third kind of guy in their offense. Um, but here I have him going Quiddy Pay. Just taking the talent. Um, they need an edge. Um, they got rid of Nagakwe after trading for him. And then, like, they played, like, he played three games, and then they, like, lost the draft pick or a round in the draft that they got for him. I mean, whatever, it happens. You, you take risk. They were also in a good spot for the playoffs at the time, and blah, blah, blah. Their team kind of got hurt. Michael Pierce out the doubt. So that really besides the point. But Quiddy pays the pick. Uh, the New England Patriots here, I have Devontae Smith. They're a team where, like, if they don't trade up, I really don't know the route they would go um, from a team-building standpoint. Like, all of these picks are, like, from a franchise standpoint, what I think's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not trying to, like – what would be cool and all that stuff. I think Smith would be the pick because I think their offense is like fluid enough. Now last year it was terrible because players opted out. The team was just a direct last year and they finally have receivers. I get Kendrick Bourne and, um, no, you know, Aguilar might not be the, the coolest guys in the world. Right. But like, they're going to help this offense. They have their tight ends. They have their running backs, their quarterback. I get cam presumably is bad, but he's still a top t- probably 20, quarterback in the league when he has weapons right like he just didn't have anything last year so like I think they would go Devontae Smith because they I have different takes on receivers that small I get he won the Heisman blah 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 but if Jamar Chase was playing on a full the whole LSU team didn't opt out Chase would have won the Heisman that's my take obviously I can't predict that but like Smith is that small he's going to need help he's not going to be able just to come in and line up against these corners these top 20 corners in the league and burn them or get past them or it's just not realistic right because he's, he's that small so i think they go to the patriots a team that's creative belichick's an offensive maximizer in terms of talent he'll make the most out of these players so i'm at smith here like i said they can move up to seven i could see them moving back too um just to kind of get some depth at defense pieces because they're gonna be reloading a little bit in the next two years in terms of some older guys leaving uh their o-line's pretty set but they kind of have some age there some contracts um kind of to fix there the Cardinals, this is the famous spot for, like, Caleb Farley, I think. Um, mm. I guess I think Farley's really good. He's been slipping, but then he kind of recorrected himself in terms of, like, the betting market, if you will. I, I kind of use that as ADP hypothetically, um, and he kind of rose back up. But I do have him going Vera Tucker here because he's a versatile lineman. 
Um, not that Kyler Murray was under pressure a lot because he's kind of quarterback just to kind of run around anyways, but protect your investment, right? Like this, this was the best part of their offense last year. Make sure he's the best part of your offense for the next X amount of years. Protect him. You can worry about the defense in the rest of the draft. Um, I think they pick at – or maybe they don't have a – I think they don't have a second-round pick. They have a third-round pick that also kind of plays into it too because uh, they maybe are looking for running back hypothetically in round three, um, James Conner and Chase Edmonds. So I'm just going to go Barrett Tucker here. I could see Farley. I could see Newsom. I could see Darisaw, I guess, based off my mock. But I think the versatility will help their offensive line a little bit. I like a lot of these picks in the GM mind frame. They're not sexy picks as far as the fantasy football world, which 99% of listeners right now are, are in the fantasy landscape. But Lucas, you came into this with the GM mindset. Let's unpack this really quick here. Chargers, I I don't know if they'd move up for Sewell, but if Herbert wants that, and again, Oregon connection, I think that is so great to have the continuity. So if they could move up to seven or eight, um, and flip. The problem is the teams at seven and eight, maybe the Lions would be the team that would move out for them at seven. But the Panthers, the Broncos, the Cowboys, those guys are going to stay up there. They need they need help themselves anyway. So Lions are going to rebuild anyway. They might just take picks. But I like that pick there. J.C. Horn's a beast. SEC, you know, battled Kyle Pitts and those kind of guys, Jamar Chase and whatnot, and, and did pretty well. So I like that pick there. Quiddy Pay, you take the talent. Minnesota Vikings, though, they need help offensively, defensively. They could use a third pass catcher. You, you're right. So they're going to have a very interesting draft. New England Patriots, Devonta Smith, I think that's very interesting. First of all, for him to fall to 15, I think is interesting. Secondly, for them to take a wide receiver off the board. Now the value might just be there, so you have to do it. But this seems like either Bill moves up to get a quarterback that falls. We haven't talked about – I mean, you have Mac Jones going at number three. If I'm correct and and Justin Fields goes at number three, you already mentioned Trey Lance to the Broncos. If Mac Jones is still on the board at 15, in my opinion, the Patriots will go with him. Yeah. They also have, I mean, we haven't mentioned Micah Parsons. There's also some great linebackers and defensive linemen that seems like a Bill Belichick first-round pick. You also could have them move back, which they're, you know, traditional with. So very interesting with them. And then you're right. Um, Elijah Vera Tucker's a great option. I heard the character stuff. He's a great kid. Mm -hmm. uh, no red flags, but also able to play offensive guard and tackle that versatility on a young offensive line trying to help Kyler Murray is paramount, especially with the Lions or excuse me, the Rams defensive front, uh, the uh, Seattle defensive front, which is improving. And the 49ers, of course, coming back healthy, you need to improve that uh, Cardinals offensive line. So good call there. Okay, man, let's get into 17 through 20, 17. We have the Las Vegas Raiders. 18, we have Miami Dolphins on the clock for the second time. 19, Washington football team. 20, Chicago Bears. Raiders on the clock. Lucas, give it to us. Yeah, so I would give a standpoint. Like, I don't know how to evaluate linebackers or even try and place them on teams based on their fits because I personally think they're a wasted pick unless you have a Devin White type or uh, inside linebackers, I guess is probably the way to put it. Not your edge rushers, your your inside middle like, middle linebackers can be special. I mean, Luke Keekley, right? Uh, Patrick yeah. Willis, you know Ray Lewis, obviously. I mean, guys like that can be special. But I I hear what you're saying. If they're that hybrid defensive end, like pass rusher, Clay Matthews was an all world talent for a long time, but they're kind of that hybrid. I I, I understand. Yeah. So like my thing. So I have Parsons going to the Raiders here. Um. I, from what I understand about these prospects, I think Zayvon Collins is going to be the best 
NFL linebacker. And from what I'm hmm. reading on all these reports and stuff, that being said, I don't know who gets picked where. It looks like I decided, I just think it's a wasted position. I think from years of just watching the Broncos defense, that, like you don't really need great linebackers unless they're the focal point of your defense. And there's not very many defenses that focus on linebackers. I think like Devin White, Kiku is a good example. TJ Watt plays outside linebacker, but he's basically the captain of the defense on the linebacker core. Like outside of that, like obviously there's other guys I'm missing, but like a lot of it just funnels to the middle. And as long as you have someone who can tackle, you're fine. Besides the point, Parsons of the 17 might seem like kind of a slip, right? And I kind of didn't even know if I wanted to put him here. I flirted with Tevin Jenkins here for the Raiders. Oh, nice. And my my reasoning is if he was really this fantastic prospect, he would not have, since the season ended, just been falling down draft boards. But he just, he's just been falling the whole time. And I get that happens for prospects, but like for someone that was a top five pick consensus – going into the season last year and had a great season last year. Obviously, I don't think he played the full amount of games, but he played just as good as he did the year before. He shouldn't be falling, right? Should, these gaps for the JOK and the, the Zayvon Collins should not be um, condensing. So I, I went Parsons here. Um, I'm sorry you got to go to the Raiders because you and I are going to be a wasted career under John Gruden for the next uh, however long he has on his contract. But he's probably the pick there. They could easily go line. They need literally anything. They could go receiver. They said they've been scouting quarterbacks. Like I get like that's your job, but like you don't put a report out there that you're scouting quarterbacks. Like if you have no clue what you're doing, that's kind of what it is. Um, so Parsons here, 18. The Dolphins are in a really good spot at this pick too. I think this is one if I had to like predict a team that moves down. I think the Dolphins from 18 would move down. I have him going. Uh, J- I'm not going to try and say his name. JOK out of Notre Dame. I don't know if Collins is the best fit for them or Parsons. They just need a linebacker. They need edge, um, and they need a line. I'm just going to go linebacker here. I could see him taking Phillips or Pay if they fell here. Um, I don't really know if they'd reach this far on Dickerson, hypothetically, um, or uh, Creed Humphrey. They easily could. That's why I think they'll move down because they they don't really need to reach on anything um, because they have a lot of picks. But if they could just kind of get a really good gap of picks in that um, late one to middle two, you could fill a lot of those gaps. So, JOK here to the Dolphins. Uh, the football team, they just traded for Eric Flowers today. I still think they go O-line and take Christian Derisaw. Um, he's been mocked, like I said, at the Chargers. I just didn't really see a fit for him in this mock. I think they could use the starting of tackle. Flowers could kind of fill in here and there. Um, they're kind of out of the, the part that sucks is they won their division, right? So they kind of got thrown at this 19th pick um, just by default when in reality they would have been the – With everybody 16th, else. Yeah. yeah, the 16th pick, I think, based off their record. And I think the 16th pick – would be in really good play to trade up for a quarterback, like with ease. But I think where they're the 19 and the teams they would trade up to, um, hypothetically Dolphins, Lions, I guess Panthers, like they don't want to go all the way back to 19. So they're kind of at a dead point. So you might as well just protect Fitzpatrick to go back and uh, rerun, rewin the division. Um, Flowers and Darisaw would help. They'll get a receiver or something in round two. Worry about quarterback next year if you have to. Cause I, I think Fitzpatrick's a top 16 in terms of just like a – Per game standpoint, quarterback in the NFL, starting quarterback. So I like the Darisaw pick there to protect him. And 20 here, I've had this pick locked in for about <laughs> two weeks. Uh, Rashad Bateman of the Bears. Um, the, Robinson's not under contract for next year. They need a receiver. They also need a quarterback. They also need O line. So, like, it's they're just kind of in a weird spot because they made it into the playoffs. So they're kind of locked into this 20 pick. Um, Evan Silva, if you want to listen to a good episode, I guess, that's probably my standpoint. Go listen to Evan Silva on the Roto Underworld podcast. Him and uh, the Podfather do an episode every year where they 
they take a franchise that's been falling or just a bad franchise and they do like a 30 minute episode like breaking down like the the uh what would you say the downfall or the landslide of this franchise and that's probably all i need to know for why they would take rashad bateman here uh, i love rashad bateman i don't know if i'd love him as much in fantasy if he goes here but anthony miller's been on the trade block for a while he's banged up i like mooney uh, that being said if a rob's not under contract for next year they need someone to kind of take over as the wide receiver one yeah great calls here uh Raiders, I'm just going to unpack these picks again one more time real quick. Raiders taking Micah Parsons. I agree with you. I hope he doesn't go there. Um, grew up a Niner fan, watched too many Raider games. Actually, the Raiders were so bad that when I was a kid, they didn't actually have Raiders games on locally because they would never sell out. Um, so I would only see a Raiders game if they were accidentally on uh, national TV or if I went to the game itself. But the Raiders have been bad for a very long time. I agree with you that, unfortunately, Coach Gruden is not getting it done. Micah Parsons going to the Raiders is not going to be Khalil Mack, and I hope that this kid goes somewhere else because I do think he can develop into a very good NFL linebacker, but Oakland, Oakland Las Vegas, is not the area in which that to happen. Uh, they also need many other weapons. Now, look, here's the deal. they, they We still have like super fast wide receivers that are the 12th best wide receiver in the draft. That's probably the Raiders pick here, as we know. Henry Ruggs goes yeah. first overall and the wide receivers last year, so I digress. Um, Jeremiah Usua Koromoa um, is JOK uh, for Miami. I think that's a good pick for them as well. Again, they have a lot of picks they can move up or down with that. We'll see what happens. Washington football team, Christian Derisau falling to 19, in my opinion, is a steal. Um, I've, got him, I've got him going 13 right now to the Chargers, yeah. assuming they don't get Sewell. So if he falls another six picks, in my opinion, that's one of the steals of the first round. Uh, I think he's going to be great. Big offensive tackle from Virginia Tech. I think he's going to be awesome. Um, and then Rashad Bateman, again, it's similar to Allen Robinson. So if they like that prototypical wide receiver, then he could be the fill. Look, Allen Robinson's either going to get traded at the trade deadline or he's going to be gone next year. He got backed into the franchise tag this year and decided – he realized with the cap going down league-wide that he wasn't going to get paid as much as he should get paid this year. So he took the money with the franchise tag, stay with the Bears. Hopefully they improve this year. And he has been dominant with shitty quarterbacks his entire career. So if they can get a rookie in the second, third, fourth round, Tyler, or excuse me, um, Andy Dalton is going to be fine. He peppered A.J. Green for years. I think he'll be all right. He played okay for the Cowboys last year. So Rashad Bateman going to either fill the position or team up with Mooney and uh, Allen Robinson there, I think is a great pick there for the Bears. Okay, man, we need to pay some more bills here really quickly, and then we'll get into your final couple of picks. I'll kick you off again, grab some water. We'll jump into this again one more time. If you have a question of the day, who should your team pick in the first round of the NFL draft? You want to jump into the comments, let us know, and we can get to those picks as we go along here. But first, I want to give a shout out to our friends at Bomb Banana. Bomb Banana is a new sponsor. You can use the promo code for 10% off of your order. This is banana-based hot sauce, not to be confused with banana-flavored hot sauce. I'm not a huge fan, personally, of banana-flavored things, smoothies, those little runt candies, other things. Banana, I love bananas, the fruit, but I'm not banana-flavored stuff. This is not banana-flavored. It's banana-based. This was created by four buddies, BFFs, out at the University of Michigan. Shouts out, go blue. In Ann Arbor, Michigan, these guys put together a new hot sauce company, good friends of the show. You can go to seekthespice.com, and at checkout, mention TCK for 10% off of your order. I've got these. I've been repping them the last couple of shows here. I'll bring them up real quick. 
You got the two hot sauces. You got the white right here. Oop, get you in focus. Bomb banana hot sauce. You've also got the red, the muy muy flavor, which is a little bit hotter for those of you that like the spice. It's absolutely delicious. I put it on custom-made fish tacos my daughter made the other night. I also put it on um, eggs in the morning. You can put it on any of your snacks coming up for the NFL draft. Go check out Bomb Banana. You can check them out at seekthespice.com. 10% off of your order. Again, banana-based hot sauce, not to be confused with banana-flavored hot sauce. It's absolutely delicious. Good friends of the show. Go check out Bomb Banana at seekthespice.com. Okay, Lucas, we'll bring you back here, man. Let's jump into the rest of your picks. Once again, question of the day, who should your team pick in the first round? Jump into our section here, and we will get you live on the air. Lucas, we've got 21 through 32. Let's blast through the final couple picks. Again, Lucas is doing his mock draft from the NFL side of things with the GM mindset. This is not fantasy football. This is NFL GM mindset. Let's get into this here. Colts at 21, Titans at 22. New York football Jets on the clock again at 23, and Pittsburgh Steelers at 24. 21 through 24, Lucas, who you got? Yeah, so the Colts here, everyone knows that I think they're a superior franchise because they are. They always will be. Um, my my buddy's a big Colts fan. He's really deep in the the beat reporter world, if you will, or the Twitter. His Twitter's filled with Colts stuff, basically. He just sends me updates here and there. And he, he sent me one about an interview that um, Ballard had I want to say last week, end of last week, about how they were one cornerback away from like making a run right at the Super Bowl. They, they finally got their quarterback. Take your opinion of Carson Wentz, if you will. The team's going to get 10, 11 wins because um, they're just a good team. Um, and I have Caleb Farley going here. Um, this is interesting. I haven't seen this once. This is the mm -hmm. first time, so I want to hear your take on this. Yeah, so – the way I look at it is I think there's a lot of corners in this class, but that being said, it's like eight deep. And I mean, if you're watching the bottom of the screen, you can see my next picks, but the cornerbacks just aren't going to be there where the Colts pick in round two. And outside of that, they need O tackle and maybe an edge. Like they don't really necessarily need an edge, but they kind of could get one in round two. They will fill those needs like they always do in day two or three with O tackle with the edge. Um, hypothetically, they could take one in round one. I'm not saying this is a lock, but if they are one cornerback away from contending, and that's what really what Ballard said, he's going to do everything in his power to go get a cornerback, right? Hypothetically, the Cardinals could go Farley. I just don't think they will, based off like what I'm seeing in the betting market, the reports, kind of the latest mocks from all these other guys. And Farley, I think, is the best corner. He had his injury issues, but like, take that with what you will, right? Like, I think Marshall's having these injury issues, and he's falling out of round one. Terrence Marshall received right at LSU. I think he's like the third, fourth best receiver in this class. So, Caleb Farley here. If I'm just going off the report based on a team need. Um, they have Kenny Moore, Xavier Rhodes bounce back last year. Outside of that, they're kind of um, scratch, if you will. At depth, they have Rocky Sin, but he's more of a, a fill uh, tackling cornerback, I guess is the word, or more just like your, your, your football player, I guess is the way to put it, rather than like your coverage corner. Um, so I like this pick here. If this somehow happens, and obviously I think it's going to happen, it, watch out for the Colts. I mean, like – Watch out for him already, but if they can fill in Caleb Farley as their cornerback three and he really isn't that banged up, they're going to be pretty good on defense. Um, my next pick, Tennessee, uh, 22. This also kind of plays into the Farley pick. I have them going Greg Newsom, cornerback out of Northwestern. I think they know the team behind them, who they play twice a year, also needs a corner. Um, I think that also will play a little bit into it. But I think Greg Newsom here, um, they did lose Malcolm Butler. Now that Malcolm Butler – was anything fantastic, but they didn't really sign any cornerbacks. So they kind of have a need there. And I think Newsom's the next best corner. 
uh, here. So not much to pull away there. And then I have another corner, so a triple corner here. Uh, the Jets, this guy's been getting a lot of round one buzz. I actually just bet the under 40 and a half on DraftKings, I believe. Uh, Eric Stokes to the Jets here, cornerback out of Georgia. Very, very fast. Um, I could see him being here at 21 or 22 to pick over Farley and Newsom just as well. But I think it's the next best corner. The Jets could really go a number of any ways. But I think this new sort of front office is pretty sharp in terms of uh, – Compare them to like the Bills, the Ravens, the Colts, uh, the Browns. I think these teams that are that are implementing these sort of, I don't know, analytics isn't the right word, but just sharper decision makers. I think the Jets finally did that. They got Lafleur. Um, not that he's like an amazing coach. He hasn't really coached yet, right? But comes he's from kind of a great this, tree, though, dude. Yeah. He'll be fine. Mm-hmm. They're building this culture around this team. They're 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 hundred percent dead set on their dude Zach Wilson. I don't care if you think he's the second best or the fifth best. Like they know who they want. It's happening. And I like like the confidence is what I'm looking for in the draft. I think David, this would be a confident pick, right? You're going to take this guy that's not very consensus, if you will. But like, I put out a tweet like there is no such thing as a consensus because like, what are you um, consensusing? I guess if that's the word, like other people's opinions, right? Like, because you take your guy no matter where it's at. If you want this dude, I think Stokes would be perfect. Um, not that he fixed the uh, the defensive backs by any means, but having a guy with speed at least makes up for technically a lack of talent, if you will. Bradley Roby's a good example. He played on the Broncos and on the Texans. When he was on the Broncos, he was definitely like the third, fourth best corner, but he played like every single snap because he was fast enough to, if he got burned, he would just catch up and he'd just make a play, right? And I think Stokes is that type of guy here at 23. And 24, it's not that it's a locked-in pick. Uh, I think I think the, uh, the position of pick is pretty locked in. The Steelers going running back. I have Najee Harris. This would be the literally the last thing this team would need. They have a lot of needs, a lot of cap issues. They need a quarterback. They need a line. They need a cornerback. They need literally depth anywhere but running back. I get that they're McFarland and Snell are their starters, but like they could use a day two or three guy. But Najee Harris is the pick here. It seems pretty locked in. They kind of announced that they kind of were leaning that way, and then all the betting market shifted to Harris's over-under is set at the Steelers pick. Their favorites yeah. to go running back in round one. Um, the reports are saying they love this guy. I think Harris is great, but like I did too, yeah. behind the O-line they showed last year, and they lost pieces from that O-line and didn't even have the money to replace them. Like, I don't know what they're expecting. And hypothetically, possibly the second best division in the NFL. Like, I know it's kind of bold, but like if the it's Bengals – It's not bold get, at all. The, all yeah. those teams are good, and the Bengals are improving, and the Browns are probably going to win it this year, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, like they, they have a really good roster, so like – we're going to see like sort of the tide shift and kind of like if they make this pick, it's literally the Chiefs from last year. Like, and I get that's not a good comparison because like the Chiefs won the Super Bowl or whatever, but like by taking this pick, you see the after effects. Like, obviously, the Chiefs could have taken insert any guy that was good last year, but let's just say the Chiefs took O lineman right last year. Like, they wouldn't be running into this issue where they would have had to give up a lot of capital for a guy that has not played left tackle in a couple years to then have to pay that O lineman and then have to sign to and you use all your money for a line. And now you're in a dead zero where your wide receiver two is Byron Pringle, right? Like it's this, this, these picks, just it's literally a luxury pick that just has so many after effects that we've always seen. The Raiders with Josh Jacobs are a good example. Like all these picks, they never work out. And we can say this every year, they never work out, but teams will never listen because they would have listened after Josh Jacobs. They would listen before Josh Jacobs. So I think Harris is the pick here, but that being said, it's, I'm not stoked for it. Hypothetically, this team needs to trade back. Like, if they're like in a perfect world, to just maximize the value on the picks here, maximize the abundance of the picks. But I do think they go Harris at 24. 
And maybe the argument is that they could st- – I mean, look, I'm still looking at my mock draft. I've got two or three offensive tackles you haven't even mentioned yet, and not that either one of us is right or wrong. We just think of it differently. But there's still a lot of value at offensive tackle and guard and lineman in general, and they need to fill those up, obviously. Uh, and they have defensive holes as well, but a very good defense still. So maybe they're just thinking, like, look, if we can get the bar none best all-around talent – and look, frankly <laughs> – Najee Harris just feels like a stealer, if that yeah. makes sense. Like he feels like a stealer. He's a three down back. He's been compared to Le'Veon Bell coming out size wise and everything else. And Le'Veon Bell trimmed a bunch and and really toned up when he came out of Michigan State. But he was a little bit bigger, like Najee Harris. He's a three down back. He can catch the ball. We know that that's what the Steelers want. And if they think and they have targeted two or three offensive linemen in the back half of this draft, Najee Harris would be the guy. If Najee Harris is gone. And they don't love Javante Williams. I don't think they go running back here because I don't think they just get ETN or Michael Carter or anybody else just to get a running back. I think it's Najee Harris specifically, personally, for me to the Steelers. If he's not available at this point, then I think they go offensive lineman or, or elsewhere. So we'll see what happens. Now, Najee Harris to the Steelers might be the number one fantasy move that all of us want for fantasy. But for NFL, Lucas, I agree with you. And shouts out to my boy, Caleb Farley. I'm a big fan personally of this dude. I watched an interview with him with Chris Sims and his every college athlete is super confident, borderline cocky because they have to be. You have to think that you're the best, even if you're not. Caleb Farley, A, is very good and at the top of his position. B, his confidence, <clears throat> his confidence is a proper amount of like humble confidence. This dude is is confident as shit without being arrogant. Love his energy. He's got back problems, but if he can stay healthy, I think he's going to be awesome. And if he falls to the Colts and that's their guy, that's, again, one of the steals of the draft, in my opinion. All right, Lucas, we've got another grip of guys here at the back half of the draft. Let's chunk in your last eight picks. 25, Jacksonville on the clock again. The Cleveland Browns at 26. Baltimore Ravens at 27. New Orleans Saints at 28. Yeah, so I have the Jaguars here going Tevin Jenkins. It might be a little low, but, like, I don't really know – his betting line kind of matches up here. His other mocks kind of matches Great up here. Great pick obviously. if they can wait that long on him. Yeah, I think the Jaguars are in a good spot here to do a lot of things. I mean, I think there's been a lot of rumors that really like Pat Fryermuth. They won't go him round one, but I could see him moving. They already have an early day two pick, I think, or early second rounder. They don't have another one, so I could see him moving this pick to kind of acquire. Um, I mean, ideally, like I think what would make sense for the Chiefs is to move back up. Give me your two seconds for this pick to go get a receiver, especially the way my mock's falling. Like Elijah Moore, Terrence Marshall are there, Rondo Moore if they like him. Um, but that being said, Tevin Jenkins, I could see him going uh, Trayvon Morrig. They could break it and go ETN here, kind of unleash the running backs, if you will. But I think that Jenkins will be the pick here. Um, it, it's they're they're basically building from scratch, right? Like they have their players that were there, but like they're building from scratch the new regime and Trevor Lawrence. So I like the pick here. Um, the Browns have him going Zayvon Collins, and this this is me talking about the Browns. They literally have no needs outside of quarterback. And, like, that's as bold, it, bold as it is, but, like, it's literally true. I think they do do receivers, which, like, they could fill it. They could honestly go receiver here. Like, I flirted with Elijah Moore um, just because people can keep believing for, on Odell as much as they want, but, like, come on. It would have happened by now if it's going to happen, right? Like, I think Landry's good. They do need a third receiver. I think they go someone in day two or three because they are a smart organization. Um, I think Collins probably wouldn't even start. I know they have like Mac Wilson and some other guys that are, that are good enough. I think Collins would eventually start. So I like to pick their little bit of a luxury pick, if you will, for the Browns, which I don't think anyone ever would have thought would happen, but they're kind of at that point. 
Uh, the Ravens' first pick is up here. They did a fantastic job of um, just completely swifting the Chiefs on that deal. They got rid of a guy that didn't even want to play, added picks, saved a bunch of money. Um, I think they'll just fill in the role with someone else going in here. And an interesting thing, the Ravens, I was reading something on The Athletic, and I forget the GM's name, and he said the number one secret to drafting was having an abundance of picks. And he broke it down as, like, you can't pick every pick right, right? So I think it's from a math perspective. Say you have so, uh, 70 picks. Let's say for the math purposes. Actually, no, it's a terrible, terrible analogy. Say you have five picks, right? You pick on five picks. Your chances are smaller to hit right than if you have 10 picks. And I think this, like, I was thinking about it. Like, yeah, that makes sense. But I actually went back from, like, the Ravens picks. Like, they probably had the best draft class for as long as I've, like, really cared about football draft classes because Smart they just have a, an abundance of picks, right? Mm-hmm. They just they take all these dudes that just even if it's like Miles Boykin, say he's bad because we look at it from a fantasy perspective. Like this dude plays like 70% of the snaps. He plays special teams. Like he's a crucial part of this offense. Like they got him in the fifth round. Like all these guys they just go in there and get so I, I do think they go it's an Aziz Ojalari, I think is how you spell it or say it out of Georgia. Um edge rusher. They got rid of Judon talk about about it i guess if you will but like they didn't want to pay him because they didn't need it to they didn't want to pay Nagakwe. that worked out pretty well they're just going to fill out it back in with ojalari on a rookie deal he's been getting a lot of buzz to the giants actually all the way up at 11 kind of um apparently the giants really like him and i can't when gettleman likes a guy he goes ahead and gets him so keep that under um radar for betting i guess if you want to throw a long shot or something uh, but i like him at 27 there uh the saints here i'm actually very interested to see what they do in this draft because i think they um, them and the Bills, I think, are in really good spots to kind of be like, I have no clue what they're going to do. I'm taking Trayvon Morig, uh, just because he's mocked higher in about every single mock position and need, and I think they would capitalize on a playmaker on the back end of the ball. Uh, that being said, they could go receiver, um, they could go front seven, they could go corner. I really don't know what they're going to go here, um, but I'm just going to go Morig for this pick because I really have no clue, so I'll just take the best player available. <laughs> Fair enough. Let's get into your 29 through 32 as well, and then we'll kind of unpack these nine picks. Uh, at 29, we got the Packers. 30th, we got the Buffalo Bills. 31 Chiefs and 32 Super Bowl champion Buccaneers. Yeah, so I think the the, the Packers pick here is going to be a very unpopular one, if you will. I think ideally the, the most mocked – obviously people want receiver. Like, I don't even know it's bold for me to say like, they're not taking one, guys. Like, they would have taken one last year if they really wanted one. And, like, there's some things I just, like, like the Brown stuff, like the whole Odell thing. Like, something – and not that, like, those are the ones that hit. But like, there's just some things that, like, are blatantly true that people want to beat around sometimes when it comes to football. Like, it just kind of is what it is. Like, the Packers would have drafted a receiver last year if they wanted to. They clearly felt like they didn't need one, so they took a backup quarterback. Like, process that. Like, they were that confident in the receiver core. They took a backup quarterback knowing they couldn't get out of their quarterback's contract for the next four years at the time. Like to me, that just shows they're not even, they're not worried about receiver, and they shouldn't be because Lazard and MBS were good enough to get them to back-to-back NFC championships, right? I think they come in here with three needs that are pretty clear. I think it's oh, I guess two O-line and linebacker, maybe kind of corner. I think Zayvon Collins ideally is probably number one on their board. Um, obviously Parsons and those other guys, if they can get those guys, but Collins has gone in this mock. I think they go Landon Dickerson here because um, Corey Lindsley did leave in free agency. I think it's a pretty even trade-off just to replace Lindsey with Brandon Dickerson, who I think is very, very good. Obviously, too. he would be a lock for round one if he didn't tear his ACL. Uh, he, get this, tore his ACL, did not miss a single game of college groups. He came back out <laughs> on his turn ACL and took a snap in one of the games. Like, oh, this Yeah, I was going to say. 
he just played like him and Creed Humphrey, like whoever whoever gets those two guys. That's like how the Broncos got Cushenberry in round three last year. Like for some reason, like these players just fall, and like it's like what is going on, right? Like you want you want ballers, you want dudes yeah, that want like, to be it's out that there. Simple, I, like that's why that's why I love Caleb Farley so much. I think he's extremely talented. He's at the top of class anyway. But the dude just exudes like I want that fucking guy on my team, not on the other team. Yeah. And Landon Collins is another one of those guys. I agree. Mm-hmm. So I think they just replaced Lindsay here. They. I mean, they could go Collins. They could go Asante Samuel Jr. is kind of mocked up here, too. But I think Dickerson, I just kind of like the fit. And I think they're a very smart franchise, no matter what uh, people want to make fun of their picks for. Do do whatever you want make fun of picks, I guess. But I think they know what they're doing. Uh, what's up next? The Buffalo Bills here. Um, like I said, I I really have no clue the direction because they're kind of in a spot where they literally don't need anything. Um, people, a lot of ETN buzz has gone here. And... That's what I think, honestly. The GM, it's Brandon Bean, right? He's the GM. I always want to say it, but yeah. Yeah. So he had an interview like at the end of the season last year, and someone asked him about, it might have been after the Chiefs game, like, why don't you run the ball? And his his answer was something along the lines of like, because it's not, we're not good at it. Or like, it's like our passing is so good, we don't need to. And like, I think that says something like how like Ballard's like, we need a corner and we're in the Super Bowl. Like, when they say things like that, it really like, pops out to me like if they admit like they're bad in a spot no matter which way they bend the words like they're telling the truth like they're not gonna be like oh we suck like if you're like the chiefs right like if they like oh we need o-line okay they went out and got o-line in free agency right and they just traded for lando brown so i think i could see etn here i just think they're a really smart franchise and know that even if moss and singletary aren't great those two combine equal etn in that offense because they're not just going to hand the ball off 20 times a game now that they have etn compared to the like seven times they did last year with their two running backs. So I took Jason away here. I literally know nothing about him. I just know he's been rising a lot based on a lot of like <laughs> past mocks. I know he's edge from Penn State. Um, he yeah. must be pretty good if um, him, he outperformed Shaka Tony, who I thought was a lot better during the season, um, and Parsons, and they're all rising basically. So I took him here. I could see him going to Sante Samuel Jr. I might, so I'm like, I'm kind of 50 50 on those two, and I might submit that before Thursday. I'm still kind of in the uh, decision process of that, but they really just need to add depth anywhere they can um, because as bad as it is, like no player is going to um, – no player is going to make this team better than the Chiefs. It's like the Ravens. Like no player is going to like make them the on-paper best team in the league. They just have to hit right in the playoffs and beat the Chiefs once. Like it's, it's kind of how the NFL works and it kind of sucks that it is, but they just kind of in a spot where this is about as good as you can get. You just kind of have to hit right in the playoffs, um, and I think that's kind of where they're at. Next up here are the Ravens. Like I said, they have an abundance of picks, and this one is probably my favorite. Um, I guess you put Kansas City on the thing, but it's, it is the Ravens pick. Oh, sorry, I, for, I forgot about the trade trade swap, and I hadn't uh, I hadn't yeah, updated. Either way, head. I think this would be the pick for the Chiefs too. But it's Samuel Cosme out of Texas. I couldn't find his testing numbers for some reason because sites don't like to make those organized. But he tested through the roof in his pro day. And the one thing I know about O-linemen that test really well is they always are really good. Like, for some reason, it just kind of works out. Like, even if, like, their, like, talent, if you will, is lower than the other guys, like, the athleticism just kind of, like, eventually just molds into offenses, just kind of works. And the Ravens are the easiest, like, uh, O-line scheme to mold into because they run the ball so much, right? Like, you just have to run fit in your gaps when you're blocking. You don't have to try and keep these edge rushers – um off your quarterback because these addresses don't even want to rush Lamar Jackson, right? Because he's going to run by him. So I think Cosme would be a beautiful pick here for them. Uh, I could easily see them going edge-edge these first two picks because that's really only like their glaring need 
Um, obviously, they need O'Tackle now because Brown's gone, but they can kind of fill that in the later rounds. But I think they go Cosme here. People want a lot of receivers. Kind of the same boat of, like, I feel like we wouldn't – like, they would have been more aggressive in free agency if they really wanted one. Kind of like the um, the Bears were aggressive going to get Kenny G, all these guys they missed on. I think that's why I take Bateman. I think the Ravens got Sammy Watkins. Say what you will about Watkins. I, I really think that's all they need. Um, people – I think mean, people are kind of catching on to like the why take one if you're not going to really use it. And I think that is true. Like that's why I like Mark Andrews and, and fantasy so much every year. Like, cause like, it's just, that's just their offense. Like it's not going to change. Like they've had the same coaching staff since their MVP season with Lamar. Like they're not trying to be like Lamar. Like you got to throw the ball 30 times a game now. Like they know their offense is what it is. They just got to break right in the playoffs. They almost did one year. Then the Titans beat them and they almost did last year. Lamar got hurt. It was a bad game, whatever. So, they kind of have a lot of wiggle room with who they could go, but I do think they did keep off receiver with these two picks. And the uh, Buccaneers here, they're kind of interesting because they could they could really go a lot of ways, but they don't need to go anyway, hypothetically, mm-hmm. right? They return 21 of their starters. Um, I haven't taken Joe Trion, Trion out of Washington. He's been getting a lot of buzz moving up uh, edge DN from uh, Washington. Uh, this kind of just plays into a long-term pick of, Replacing your starters once JPP leaves. Um, and the Dominican Sue, I could see Barmore going here. I could see a running back going here. As much as like they don't really need one, and I think they know they don't need one, I could see that. I could see a receiver going here. Uh, hypothetically, maybe you just don't think Tyler Johnson can fill that three role or Scotty Miller, so you just replace AB. Uh, that is my pick here. Um, but I, I'm excited for these last eight picks on Thursday because I think there's a lot of uh possibility i guess for teams to trade back up trade in etc um so it'll be exciting to kind of see how these play out that's a great call man i so a couple of these picks here we'll go back to um uh let's see here who did you have oh landon collins um i think that's a great pick i think a lot of people want to see a wide receiver obviously get to green bay in my mock draft i which we're not going through my mock draft i've gone through mine a little bit already i actually have the packers moving up to swap with the colts and I have the Packers taking Rashad Bateman. Um, I just think he'd be a great compliment to awesome. Devontae Adams. And I, I think that while they got so much heat last year, um, getting aggressive and taking a proper wide receiver that would fit the scheme while you still have Aaron Rodgers, um, it's like the Matt Ryan thing in Atlanta. It's like, look, if you're not going to pick a quarterback, do what's best for your quarterback you already have, which is Kyle Pitts. If you're not going to move on from Aaron Rodgers one way or another, I know they picked Jordan Love, but if they're not going to move on from Rodgers, stack him up, you know, and he hasn't had that dual threat. And, like, MVS and Lazard, like, yeah, they're fun. Tunyon caught 11 touchdowns last year, but he was, like, 60th in targets or something stupid. I mean, Mm -hmm. you just need another bona fide wide receiver to take pressure off of Devontae Adams, who's still all-world double-covered. Imagine him getting single coverage. It would be lights out obviously so i like that a lot the bills i do have travis Etienne going there i just think that makes the most sense they don't have a lot of other spots to fill Etienne, i think is a better version of zach moss and devin singletary in what each of them do and then singletary and moss who aren't terrible but they're not starting running backs in my opinion if you bring in an etn singletary and moss can both be early and third down backs to spell etn when he needs it or in special situations or in case of injury so i like that there a lot um, and then Baltimore, look, uh, Baltimore and, and um, 
and uh, Tampa Bay. <clears throat> Your, Baltimore has a lot of needs to fill. They actually got rid of quite a bit of their defensive line, their offensive line. I want them to fill those up. They also need a wide receiver, so we'll see what happens. And then Tampa Bay is just getting some frosting here. I have Christian Barrymore going to Tampa Bay. I just think him filling in for Ndamukong Sue next year or this year, learning from him, moving on next year would be an excellent fill. But Joe Tryon is similar on the outside. So either way, them picking up somebody I think would be great. And I do think they'll pick up like a day two, three running back, you know, one of these, I don't know, Chuba Hubbards or, uh, you know, Kenny Gainwell or somebody like that who you can patch in in case Rojo or um, Fournette or Gio Bernard, all these guys, uh, somebody goes down or they have all specific roles for Brady. I think that's a great idea there. So. Awesome, man. Ran a little long today, but we had a lot going on here with your final mock draft. You've uh, you have a very interesting approach to this, which I appreciate. And uh, you know that I always appreciate your content in general because I know how hard you work and think about this. It's very logical versus hyperbole bullshit, which we just don't do here on the podcast. But um, I appreciate how you laid everything down, man. There's a lot of picks that you got me scratching my head like, oh, shit, maybe I should I should take an extra look here. I should take an extra look here on my mock draft and see where we where we look. I have a lot more receivers going. Kadarius Tony, Terrace Marshall, Rondale Moore. You didn't mention any of those guys. I've got all of them going in the first round. Yeah. I've got Travis Etienne, Asante Samuel, Wyatt Davis. Um, you know, uh, let's see anybody else here. Jalen Mayfield. Um, a handful of guys that you didn't even mention. So yeah, I think the receivers. My like standpoint on it is like as a fantasy twitter if you will like everyone loves like these elijah moore terrence marshall's rondell moore is like it just kind of it's, it's because there's no football going on like as, as much right. as that sucks to hear like it's just kind of what it is it's why people think javante williams is going to be really good like so many podcasts i've listened to are like they're more like pff analytical basic with these models like they're like this running back class sucks right because like it does like in a sense like we're trying to make this all-world running back prospect out of a guy that split carries in college 50 50 like down the middle right like it's so my point on these receivers is like the way i kind of look at it is like we did get pro days right last year we had the combine and everyone said covid was like uncertainty like no like we had a full off season last year right obviously like the the interview side of things is a little different because i i think covid happened like the combine is a little weird last year. We're like, I don't think there's a ton of interviews that the, the drills happen, but like this year, like we didn't have any of that. Right. And I think right. there's way more uncertainty this year around um, teams stacking their board. Right. And I think well, the way that breaks it down is like, there is so many tier three, tier two receivers, if you will, that like these teams are going to be like, okay, what is more important? O-line and like the hypothetical positions at like edge, these positions at like corners that like are hard to find to where like, they'll just let these receivers slide. And I think we kind of saw that – we saw all the opposite last year where, like, rugs went. Um, the Cowboys took lambs outside, lamb outside of New York. I think it was a fine pick. I'm not saying it was a bad pick. But, like, it backfired a little bit in the fact that, like, they could have just traded back or they could have let these guys slide and take another guy and it would have worked out to where I think we're going to see Elijah Moore, Terrence Marshall, Ronda Moore. Like, the, 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 the early day two, the first, like, ten picks, they'll probably be, like, six receivers, I think. Like, I think it's going to be teams moving up. Or teams just going receiver, 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 receiver. Because there is teams that need receivers, but like there's not a glaring need outside of the guys that we have, like Jamar Chase, Waddle, uh, Devontae Smith. Yeah, and fair, absolutely fair point. And we see that in the NFL draft. We saw a lot of receivers go day one last year, but 
um, incredible class, clearly. And some of those guys didn't even pan out, and it was still amazing. I mean, we're still waiting on Jalen Rager and Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, and it's still one of the best wide receiver classes of all time. So um, great content, man. Always appreciate it. Broke down Lucas's 32 picks for the first round of the NFL mock draft. This is not fantasy. It was mock draft for the entire NFL first round we're getting into it, man. NFL draft is right around the corner. Very excited about it. And uh, best of luck with your bets. Uh, hope, hopefully it works out. And uh, excited to get you back into things, man. I know that you're, uh, you know, you're wrapping up things on, on your personal life, um, work, school. Just fucking stay, stay focused, man. You're at the finish line. I'm really proud of you, and I'm, I'm stoked to, to get you back on the squad here for TCK. We've missed you a lot, but glad we could bring you on for – this episode. Once again, the question of the day, what who should your team pick in the first round of the NFL draft? Make sure to give us subscribe, a like, and a uh, message down here in the um, YouTube channel. Let us know. We'll, we'll respond to our thoughts on that. And if you have not yet already, you can follow me on Twitter at my name, Sky Guasco, S-K-Y-G-U-A-S-C-O on Instagram, fantasy football, underscore TCK pod, TikTok at TCK pod, and on Facebook as well, the Candlestick Kids fantasy group and you can find lucas on twitter as well at his name lucas caser lucas with a k caser with a k l u excuse me l u k a s k a c e r with a two at the end on twitter and make sure to subscribe on youtube and follow anywhere you're listening to the podcast as well it's been a pleasure man longer episode today but super pumped to have you back very excited for the nfl draft coming up man and we will uh be with you next time next week for full recaps of each position of the NFL draft once they go down. Enjoy the NFL draft. Have a lot of fun, family. Tell your friends and your family about the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, and we'll catch you next time. For my man, Lucas Kaser, I'm your host, Sky Guasco, and we are out here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.